Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonnell here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. So I've just been in the Progressive Training Suite running my No Money Down training, and one of the delegates in the room asked me a question about refinancing a property. And what I thought, while it was fresh in my mind, I'd come and jump on a podcast because a lot of people in the room, they found it valuable. They didn't realize certain things about what you needed to do on a property refinance. So it's worthwhile sharing it with everybody on the podcast. And hopefully it'll help you in terms of how you plan your financing of a property deal in the coming months and years. So it's just a quick short podcast while it's fresh in my mind. So let's get straight into it. Financing a property and recycling your cash out of a property. Many people when they're starting out in the property journey, they hear about buying property below market value and buy, refurbish, refinance and rent. B-R-R-R. But is it as simple as just buying a property, refurbishing it, refinancing it, getting all of your money back out and doing the next deal? No. There's some things you need to think about to make sure that you do the process in the correct way. So if you were to buy a property today, below market value, let's say you buy a hundred grand house for £75,000 and you do no work to that property whatsoever and then in six months time, try and refinance that property at the 100 grand mark, taking your £75,000 initial purchase money back out of the deal, the reality is it's likely that the lender will say, you bought this property for seventy-five grand six months ago, you have done no work to it whatsoever, so it's still worth seventy-five grand today. So there needs to be added value done to the property deals to increase the value in the eyes of the valuer and in the eyes of the lender. The valuer has been instructed on behalf of the lender to prove that their money is safe. The valuer's job is to confirm to the lender that it's a safe deal. Now, the lenders like to see that the investor has got some skin in the game or some money in the deal. So they're reluctant to revalue a house too high if they have seen that the investor hasn't put any money into the deal or hasn't put any refurbishment or improvements into that property. So let's start at the purchasing of the property. How can I purchase the property in the first place? Well, maybe you've got some cash or you've got a, a joint venture partner who's got some cash. So you could buy the property for cash. Another method of purchasing the property is you could borrow money. So you could do what's called a bridging loan or a private investor loan and borrow the money to purchase the property. Or you could take out a mortgage. So buy the property with a mortgage on day one and then use a deposit. Now, the risk of doing it with a mortgage, it comes back to this six-month rule where you go to refinance. If you buy a property with a mortgage, and let's just pick any bank, say from Halifax, and you put down a deposit for 20-25%, you take out the mortgage from Halifax for 75-80%, and then in six months' time, if you go to refinance that property with Halifax still, it's again most likely that Halifax won't value the property any higher than the the value they gave you six months earlier. 
So what some people will think that is a good idea to do is to buy the property with a If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. today with Halifax do a little bit of a refurb six months time refinance it with for instance Barclays or Lloyd's or another lender that can work in terms of the refinance but what you lay at risk of doing is getting blacklisted by Halifax because the original lender that has given you that loan you did not say to them six months earlier that it is just a loan for six months. They have lent you the money under the pretense that you're going to be having that mortgage product with them for the next two, five, seven years. And what you've done is you've basically used them. You've used them for six months. That is not something that lenders like. They like to see you staying with them, keeping the product with them. So the smart thing to do, what a a professional property investor does, is they use a cash to purchase the property or a loan to purchase in cash and then they do the work and then six months later they refinance but onto their first mortgage product. Not moving from one lender to another, but when they do the refinance six months into the deal, they're going to a lender for the very first time, meaning that you don't run the risk of getting blacklisted by an original lender. When you do go to doing a mortgage application, it is very important that you get a mortgage broker. You can attempt to fill in all the paperwork yourself, do the application yourself, but I wouldn't recommend you do that. Yes, you're going to save a little bit of money and not pay a broker fee, but the mortgage broker earns their money for you. They can get mortgage products put through and approvals done that you would otherwise not be able to get yourself. A mortgage broker has got a good relationship with certain lenders. They, can, they know what lenders are looking for. They know the sort of things that you need to have included in your application for the lender to say yes to your loan. When you are choosing a mortgage broker, it's important to pick one that understands buy-to-let property and understands creative property strategies. Progressive, if you're a member of the Progressive Property Facebook community, have got a number of approved mortgage brokers. People that the progressive students have been using for a few years that come recommended. So you can ask within the community who is a recommended mortgage broker and people will tag in different people who are approved mortgage brokers by progressive. And it's important to work with an approved broker because that's somebody who has tried and tested, who's walked down the road before and has helped other property people who are on the same journey as you, who understand the types of creative deals that you're looking to do. 
and they can help do the very same deals for you. When you do choose a mortgage broker, it's important that you stick to the same broker. Don't mix and match every few months with different mortgage brokers. The reason for that is when you stick to one mortgage broker, every time they do an application for you, the same information will be on the application. You see, you will submit them a fact find at the start of the first application and the fact find will be information about you personally, your name, your phone number, your email address, your address, your your income, what investments you've got, what other properties you've got, how you earn your money, all the key details about you and your financial, all the key details about your current financial situation. Now, if you use the same broker for the second, third, fourth, fifth mortgage application, they've already captured all that fact find information. All they're now doing is making some small tweaks to it in terms of your change in circumstance since the last application. If you go to a different mortgage broker, they'll start at the beginning again and make you fill in a complete new fact find. Now, there is a risk, not their fault, possibly your fault, that the information you put on the separate fact find to the separate mortgage broker does not tie up with the information you put on the original fact find with your first broker. The problem here is that fact find is used to apply for a mortgage potentially with the same lender as you used the first time. It will be flagged up on the lender's system that the details between the two applications don't match. This could be a simple thing that stops you from getting a mortgage that you would otherwise have qualified for. So we've covered, should you get a mortgage at the start or should you do purchase with cash or bridging? It's very important if you're doing a buy, refurbish, refinance where you're looking to take your money back out that you use either cash or bridging. There is a risk that you could alienate yourself with a lender if you try and move mortgage product within the first six months. We've looked at brokers. It's critical that you stick to the same broker where possible. And then we're on to actually getting the valuation that you want for the property. So when the valuer shows up to value the property, you cannot tell them their job. Don't try and tell them their job. A valuer wants to be seen as the most important person in the process. However, there is a few things that you can do to help them come up to the value that you are looking for. So number one is get get pick so number one is get pictures of the property before you do any refurbishment. So pictures the day you buy the house. Then get pictures. So if you're going to rip anything out of the property, get pictures when the property looks in its worst possible condition. And then finally get pictures the day the valuer comes to see the house. You see the valuer won't have looked at the property in its worst possible condition. The valuer might not see in a photograph of right move from the sales paperwork, the damp or how any issues that would have been under the floorboards, for instance, that you can highlight in a photograph and show him. This can help you show the money that was spent and how you've added value from the purchase price. Remember, the valuer's job is to see how is this property worth more money today than it was six months ago. You showing him photographs of the difference between six months ago and today is one of the most important ways for you to help him come to a realisation that the value is higher. Number two is the tenancy agreement. So make sure that you include a copy of the assured short-term tenancy agreement in the pack that you give the valuer. The valuer will otherwise be looking online at what he believes or he can find as comparable rentals for that property. But if you've done the house to a high standard and maybe you're getting... 
£25 a month, £50 a month more for your property than neighbouring properties on the street because you've broken the ceiling rental on that street because of the good quality refurbishment you've done. The valuer won't know that unless you show him the tenancy agreement that you've got. Give him a copy of the agreement. He will base his valuation on a percentage of the rental income that you're achieving for that property. Next is include a schedule of the works. So a breakdown of all of the works that you've done to the property since you purchased it to show that there's been a lot of things done since you bought the house to confirm this added value. Don't just include a schedule of all the jobs. Also include a list of the costs of those works. So what did it cost? Each one of the items, an itemized list of the costings that you spent on that property. And finally, comparables. So look for properties online that have sold with a higher comparable or just as high a comparable as you're looking for as a value for yours. If you can present all of this information in a pack to the valuer, it's going to really help you get a higher valuation on that property. Now, don't say to the valuer, I've done your job for you. Say something like, I didn't know what you might want, so I've put this pack together for you. I hope it helps. They don't want to be undermined, but they do like to be helped. So, so just to recap on that, before and after pictures, a copy of the tenancy agreement, a copy of the schedule of works, the costings for the refurbishment, and some comparables of sale prices, house prices, and rental prices in that street or in that area. So there you go. They're my top tips on refinancing a property to recycle as much of your cash as possible. Just a short podcast, but I wanted to get it out there while it's fresh in my mind. And hopefully it can help you if you're looking at the moment to purchase a property where you're going to be looking to add value to it, get it refinanced, get as much money out of that deal as possible. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. Remember, it's on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you've subscribed. We're out every Tuesday, 7.30 in the morning. I hope you're enjoying the episodes. I've been Kevin McDonnell. You've been awesome.